We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good evening, Broncos country. Welcome to another installment of the Orange and Blue View. I am one of your co-hosts, Ron White. To my right, your left, is my counterpart, (laughs) Thomas Hall. Good evening, Thomas. How are you doing on this nice Saturday? Yeah, doing great, man. Kind of starving for Broncos news, of course. I mean, it's it's definitely the slow time, so a few things are trickling in here and there, but... uh, yeah, it's good. You know, the weather's great. Uh, my birthday's coming up. And so, you know, it's uh, it's preparing for that. And uh, yeah, how about you? How are things? Yeah, things are things are going well. Um, you know, today ran some errands. The weather was nice outside, getting ready for more hot temperatures here in, in Georgia. So, <laughs> but I would say things are going well so far. Um, and you're right. I'm, we, I think we're all kind of starving for some more Broncos news, more breaking action. Um, yeah. I know we've been kind of getting some tidbits here and there, um, which has been good, but but uh, but more good action would be great. And let's kind of look at the chat and see what we have here. So we've got Kevin Gray coming in here. Thank you, Kevin. You know, we appreciate you. He says, good evening, Broncos country. Thomas, Ron, and Scott, big <laughs> mile high salute to Broncos country. D-B-F-L, M-H-H for life. Why, thank you, Kevin. Yeah, thanks for jumping in, Kevin. Thank you. Appreciate it. We appreciate you. You know, we're talking about uh, news, so it's going to start picking up in a couple weeks, right? They have not announced the training camp dates yet, and I'm getting really uh, anxious because I uh, I'm going to be there for a few days, and I know Luke Patterson, uh, my co-host on Wednesday, is going to be there, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. We'll be bringing some news that way, but man, I'm I'm waiting for it to drop. Last year, it dropped middle of June when those training camp dates were going to come up, and they haven't said anything yet that I've seen. And that's what I'm waiting for the most, right? Is when is training camp? Because I think training camp is going to tell quite a tale, right? Uh, yeah. For this upcoming season. So <laughs> hopefully that's uh, that's announced soon. Yes. And I was looking for those days as well. I haven't seen anything drop. And, you know, that coverage, you know, from you and Luke is going to be awesome. So I cannot wait. Yeah. Um, to get you guys' take, you know, once that that kicks off um, for sure. And then we got Dominique Martin coming in here. Thank you, Dominique. We appreciate you as always. He says, hey, Broncos family, MHH for life. Orange and blue view rocks. Why, thank you, Dominique. You know we appreciate, you know, your your comments and your praise. Um, Thank you very much. We appreciate it. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Dominique. Thanks for being here. You know, it's always fun to have you in the show. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some some news that came out. I mean, it's it's not like you know, earth-shattering news or anything, but, you know, the uh, the new offensive line coach, Zach Streif, uh, talked a little bit about why he came to why he came to uh, Denver with Sean Payton. So we're going to get into that, which is is interesting. I think it I think it tells a little bit of a tale about you know what we what we have come to expect from Sean Payton. So uh, I think that's I think it's interesting. And you know he's an up and coming kind of riser in the in the call, uh, football ranks, right? I mean in the coaching ranks, really. He's you know he uh, spent a couple years as an assistant offensive line coach. And then Sean Payton hired him as the uh, offensive line coach, but he, you know, he's got a lot of experience. He was a offensive lineman for a long time with the saints and a couple of years. Uh, and you know, it, to me, I, I really like those player coaches, right? Some of them don't pan out, but a lot of them do. And I think it, uh, I think it matters a, a lot to the players, right. To have those player coaches, cause they can kind of relate to them a little bit more, maybe, uh, instead of somebody who hadn't really played at a high level and you know, just became a coach, not that that not that they have to play, right? I mean, they don't have to be players, but uh, I think it adds a little something to maybe the locker room. But anyway, so it's interesting to hear what he had to say. So uh, we'll grab a few more of these uh, comments and welcome people in, and then we'll jump into it. Yes, most definitely, Thomas. And I'm I'm going to get into that because you're, you're definitely right. He did have some great things to say. We have Mike S coming in here. Thank you, Mike. He says, what's up, Thomas, Ron, Scott, Dylan, and Broncos country? Well, what's up with you, Mike? Hopefully you're having a lovely Saturday. Um, of course, if you have any other comments, questions, please drop them into the chat, and we will look at them. We got Jesse Hillborn coming in. He says, hello, everyone. Well, hello to you as well, Jesse. Hopefully you're having a great Saturday. Ernie Mays coming in here. He says, hello, Thomas and Ron. Go Broncos country only. Yes. <laughs> I love this comment, Ernie. Thank you very much. We are the only one that matters. Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> thank I know you we've got, much. you know, we've got these Raiders fans out there, uh, you know, tweeting out that we're they're 6-0 and against the Broncos and all this stuff. And you know what? It's a new season coming up. You guys can, uh, you know, these fans can rest on what has happened in the past or whatever. We'll see what happens this year. And I, I think they're going to be uh, eating their words. And that is why I cannot wait until week one mm -hmm. to shut them up, Thomas. Like, it's <laughs> going to be. I am glad that we drew them first on the schedule. Because you're right. Yeah. They've been, you know, they've been on Twitter flashing their 6-0 and record the past few years. And I'm just like, hmm, that's all going to change week one. We have a new shirt yeah. in town. So, yeah. And, you know, it's it's fine. They've earned it. Right. I mean, they're fans of a team that's uh, beaten the Broncos, you know, but the thing of it is, is we don't go back and say, oh, well, yeah, we were seven and oh back in the Shanahan days. And we were, you know, you won twice in a 13 year period. You know, we we won Super Bowls. Right. The Broncos, right. We, we watched the Broncos win Super Bowls in this time and, uh, you know, and win divisions. And so not, it doesn't really bother me too much but it does it would be nice to uh to shut them up a little <laughs> yes yes definitely it, it will happen definitely and then it's thomas and ron well it's keith hey keith thanks for being thank here you, keith. thank you for coming appreciate in here. we appreciate it <laughs> and then we got gary palmer hello broncos country legend thanks for hey gary in, how gary. are you doing hope all is well on your side thank you for jumping in we appreciate it and then we got roy osborne he says, good evening, Ron, Thomas, and Scott. Well, it's just um, me and Thomas today, but we'll give Scott the regards. He says, 
lame duck season in full force until training camp. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, true. I mean, it's it, 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 I'm <laughs> starving for Broncos news. I mean, there's always something to talk about for sure, but there's nothing, uh, nothing earth shattering. You know, there's nothing like going on that's uh, super interesting. But that's that's all going to change pretty soon. You know, once they once they open that up to the public, that training camp, you know, I think fans are going to get a lot more excited. I, I think a lot of them are uh, cautious optimism, but I think they're going to see those that went last year and then to the training camp and then those that are going to go this year to go watch. I think they're going to see uh, a little bit different training camp, a little more, a uh, little bit more uh, pointed in their uh, approach, I think, than they were last year. So I think that's when people are going to start to get exciting and uh, excited. Right. And then you get a preseason and stuff. And I think it's going to start to all come into fruition to fruition here for the uh, Sean Payton laid Broncos. Yes, definitely. And thank you, Roy, again. And, you know, again, I know you mentioned, Lame Duck season, not not too much right now. But let's get into um, the topic that we have here. So as Thomas alluded to earlier, um, Zach Strife, the new offensive line coach um, for the Denver Broncos, made some interesting comments um, in regards to following Sean Payton, kind of following in his footsteps, um, you know, Payton being the mentor that he is um, to Strife which was the reason why he he made that decision to move to Denver. So I'm going to give you a little bit about Strife, if you haven't known already. Of course, he was drafted in 2006 um, out of Northwestern, and he played right tackle for the New Orleans Saints um, from 2006 to 2017. And he was the offensive line coach, the assistant offensive line coach, um, 2021 to 2022. And then... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. 
Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Of course, now he's in Denver. So what I like about these comments, and I'm going to read a little tidbit here of kind of what he said. So um, basically what Strife was saying was... um, Now, listen, there were always going to be pressure no matter what. I'd rather have the pressure of getting two really good players, and those two players, of course, the ones we drafted in free agency, McGlinchey and Powers, to play with the other three really good starting players. I think that this group is doing that. The pressure on the line always exists because our failures become team failures, and our successes, fortunately, are team successes. If you get to the end of the year and it doesn't go well, it was probably us. We've addressed that in the room. And yeah, they're stressed with that. But wouldn't you rather have that on your shoulders rather than be reliant on the other group to do it? And Thomas, I I love what Strife said. You know, it's, you know, it's accountability. It's making sure that, you know, the offensive line can do their job, hold up their end of their bargain at the end of the day. And he is going to be a great coach in helping them do that. Um, we know what McGlinchey brings. I'm a big fan of Powers. You know, see what he was able to do with the Ravens. I am, that's actually one of my um, favorite free agent pickups um, this, this offseason for Denver. So yeah. getting those two players and what I what I'm interested to see and I think you alluded to earlier, is how his voice is going to resonate with these other starting players, particularly yeah. Gary Bowles. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see just because, you know, uh, Strife played tackle. And having a former tackle to kind of mentor Bowles, to help Bowles, to get him out of those bad tendencies – um, I think is going to bode well for him and the entire offensive line. And it's also going to be interesting to see how he does with Cushenberry. You know, yeah. we, <laughs> as we all know, you know, that that's kind of the weakest link as of right now on the offensive line, but it's going to be interesting to see how his voice kind of resonates, of course, with the entire offensive line, but with yeah. those two particularly and how this team bodes from that. Yeah. Well, I mean, first and foremost, uh, he was, uh, you know, he didn't come into the league as a, a you know, ready-made starter. He had to work for what yeah. he got. Right. He, he came in and, uh, he was, a uh, he didn't play that much to begin with. He, he played guard for a while and then worked his way into the starting right tackle position. So I think, you know, if people look back on that, you know, players look back on that they realize he wasn't just handed him, handed something. He had to work for it. And that I think that gives him a little bit more respect, maybe in the locker room, as opposed to someone that was the golden boy coming in and, uh, you know, just got the starting job handed to him. But it also means that he had to learn. He had to, uh, you know, change his game a little bit, learn to play in the NFL. And I think that's going to help him to teach some of those things to like Cushionberry, like you said. And, you know, I, I don't think Garrett, I think Garrett Bowles, uh, you know, he showed that he can be a good player. I'm a little worried to coming back from his injury. And, you know, he, he wasn't that, you know, same uh, high, higher level player that he was the year prior to his injury, you know, prior to last year. But 
I don't, I'm not as worried. I'm, I'm worried uh, about his uh, you know ability to bounce back from the injury. Hopefully, it doesn't hamper him at all. But you're right. I think there's some. Uh, I think there's some question marks on the offensive line still, and it, it is Bowles and it is Cushionberry. But you know his ability to teach, and I think that's what bring you know really what Sean Payton likes is is his ability to teach the offensive line. Last year, I think was you know was impacted. Butch Berry didn't have that approach. You know he yeah. was. He he really wasn't that teacher. He wasn't that that guy uh, that could meld the offensive line together. So I'm looking forward to see what he what he does. I really am, and I think they have. I think he already has respect, even though he's you know he's been coaching for a short time. I think he has respect in that in that locker room and with that group of people. But I think the offensive line, you know, the big thing is he he needs to develop their identity. Right. I mean, I, I asked Mark Schlereth once on Twitter, like, what do they need to do? Develop an identity uh, is one of them. And and I think that's what he needs to do first and foremost is develop that identity. Uh, and we'll see what it is. But I think it has a lot to do with, uh, you know, lining up and really just uh, using power on power against the uh, defensive line is what I, I'm hoping for. Yeah. And I, and I think that's that's what's going to happen. You know, it seems as though, um, you know, Peyton's going to be. Um, emphasizing that running game, power of attack, and you know, with um, Zach Strife's help and expertise, that that that's what this again. Hopefully, that will shape and form this identity that that yep. that we're thinking of. So, I'm going to go back to the chat. We got Gary Palmer coming in here with a 9.99 super chat. Thank you, Gary. You know, we Thank appreciate you. you as always. Thanks for the support. Thank you. He says, "Evening, Thomas and Ron. Is everyone getting itchy for the season to begin? I am." Go Broncos, buck them. Yes, Gary. You know, for me, they're not really – I mean, there's baseball on now. There's MLS, which I'll tune into every now and again. But my favorite – I just love football. And granted, you know, watching the news is good, you know, kind of looking at the tidbits. But actually looking at action on the field, um, you know, I'm I'm really excited for that. So I am – I'm more than ready for the season <laughs> to begin, you know, so yeah. I know, you know, you know, they're going to be there, um, you know, Thomas and Luke um, on the ground and, you know, that, that I, you know, there's going to be even more. So it, it's going to be exciting. I'm, I'm ready for it for sure. Gary. And I think, I think it has to do with is, is Sean Payton, you know, they spend a lot of money draft picks. Is, is he going to really make an impact? I think people want to see an impact early on. And I know, yeah. I know that it's uh, you know, that may be, wishful thinking to some, you know, that, oh, well, we've been, you know, we've watched them be so bad for so many years that, you know, just a winning season would be great. But, you know, they spent, went out, spent a lot of money and yeah. they spent a lot of draft picks to bring in a coach and uh, to fix this thing and to fix it quickly. Right. I mean, they, they, we're, we're going to want to see results. And I think the ownership does too. So that first few games in the season, is going to tell a lot. And I think people are anxious to get there. Like we're anxious to get there to see if this investment, not only in Sean Payton, but the other, I mean, they spent the most in free agency. Is this, right. Are these investments going to pay off and how, how big are they going to pay off? And we won't know until those games, those real live games start. So I'm not trying to rush uh summer by, <laughs> I love summer, but man, fall coming around and football season, uh, you know, that's, it's always great. So thanks Gary for the support. I mean, it's awesome to have you here as always. Yes. Thank you, Gary. Again, and we got Linda Clark coming in here. Thank you, Linda. She says, I think the Broncos will be stronger. I do as well, you know, and to your point, Thomas of instant impact, 
I, I think the, the schedule favors that. You know, the, the first quarter of the season, you know, the, the Broncos could easily go 3-1, and 4-0, you know, based on that. So, you know, we'll see how it all, you know, matriculates out in the field. But you're right. You know, I don't think it's – it is partly wishful thinking because we have – you're right. We have been bad for so long. Um, you know, the coaching hasn't been up to par. Um, and it's just kind of been a lot of bad all over the field. But I think now with this competent coaching staff in place and the optimism of the staff and the players, I, I think we'll we'll see we'll see those wins start to stack. And you know, we, we can only have you know good faith. Again, it's going to be a good winning season. At least that's what I predict. But again, we can't know for sure until the pads hit the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you won't know until it's it's live action, right? Yeah. Even preseason, right? That yeah. that doesn't it tells you a little bit, but it doesn't tell you the whole tale for sure. So yeah. uh we'll see what's uh we'll see when the pads go on and, and stuff starts happening. But I'm gonna grab Patrick Wiltsey saying aloha from the Oahu chapter of Broncos country. Thanks, Patrick. Uh and Patrick. um Mahalo or uh, I don't know what do you, what do you say uh, say <laughs> I I don't know <laughs> something but uh, yeah aloha thank you uh, thank you so much for uh, coming in and and being here with us today uh, on our Saturday you know it's a it's a lovely Saturday out there it's it's getting hot it's summer's here it's gonna be uh, although there was some pretty pretty crappy weather up there in uh, in Denver the uh, last this last week so Jesse Hilborn's coming in saying. Uh, Talking about Zach Streif, uh, he seems to be competent and well-spoken. Already leaps and bounds better than last year, and we've seen nothing yet. Yeah, it's true. I mean, the the problem is it's very limited amount of time with these coaches. It seemed like last year there was, you know, they were everybody was talking all the time, but uh, but when they do get their chance, everybody seems to be saying the same thing, right? That they yeah. seem like they're competent, they're saying the right things, they seem like they they know they're not, you know. They're not, it's not like the first time they've ever, uh, they don't seem like it's the first time they've ever been up at the podium. So, you know, that confidence speaks well, right? In my mind. Yeah. And good, good point, Jesse. And it all trickles down, you know, from, you know, Sean Payton, right? I think having him as that mentor, um, you know, to help out um, trickles down to a lot of these, uh, you know, these position coaches, the, the line coaches. So, you know, it, it's good. It is good and encouraging. Um, that that they're saying the right things, but again, we will have to see. We got Austin coming in here. Thank you, Austin. H. He says, Ron, do you think Bowles might be too seasoned to fix his bad tendencies? Sometimes you can't teach old dog new tricks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Austin. You bring up a good point. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say. You know, when was Bowles drafted? Twenty was it sixteen? Twenty eighteen, I believe. Twenty eighteen. Okay, so I. I Five years. Of course, he does have his experience, but I don't think, you know, he's too seasoned to learn, you know, from a essentially a, a player who's played the position from 2006 to 2017. I mean, you know, this, you know, Strife has years under his belt, you know, with Peyton and the game. So, you know, having him come in and, kind of implement some of the tendencies kind of cleaning up some of the you know the holdings and whatnot I, I think it can it can only help and I I think that can be done um with Jack Strife at the helm now again I, I don't see it 
being done within obviously a one season. I, I think it's going to take some time, you know, for Bowles. And we've seen Bowles actually somewhat improve from when he came in. So there's been some improvement with Bowles, and I think there's still some improvement to go. It's just a matter of, you know, some of those boneheaded plays are still there. And I think with Strife's expertise, he can kind of help, kind of help mitigate some of that. At least I hope. So again, we'll have to see. But again, in my mind, I think that can, I think Strife can definitely help in that regard. Yeah, I was wrong. I was a year off. 2017, he was drafted. But Austin, what I'd say is, you know, he came into the league in 2017. And, you know, he had the holding problems and, uh, you know, it was everybody's kind of making fun of him and, you know, had three years of that. And then he got a good a good teacher. Right. He got uh, Munchak to come in and teach him. And, you know, it was a turnover uh, of offensive line coaches and everything. I mean, there was a lot to be, uh, uh, you know, a lot to uh, that was going on with with Garrett Bull's uh, progress. Right. But you even after being there for three years, uh, you, you end up. You could say it's starting to get uh, become an old dog, but you know the the teaching helped him tremendously, and and you saw it in 20, uh, 2020. He had uh, you know one uh, pe- one holding penalty after he'd had six or seven the, right. the year before. You know a couple of times uh, for each year before, so he can learn. You know he can uh, he can uh, evolve in in those you know old dog te- getting t- taught new tricks. The, these guys are always learning, right? The, right. the football players are always learning always changing and he's got he, I, from what i can tell he's got a good teacher again so i think it's i think he'll be okay i'm more worried about the um you know his recovery from that injury i'm sure he's okay it wasn't like a devastating injury or anything but hopefully he can come back get uh you know get a little refine his game a little bit more and get back to that 2020 um level of uh of play hopefully but yeah he definitely has improved he's gotten a little bit better each year and that i think uh you know last year was just one of those years with a offensive line coach that, that didn't really help the team well. So hopefully that, hopefully that isn't the case uh, now. Yeah. And I want to bring this up because it kind of, you know, adds to kind of what we were saying, William Catalano. Thank you, William, for coming in. He says left tackle is one of the hardest positions in the league. I think people forget that. And you're right. Now I don't want to use this as an excuse for bowls at all, <laughs> you know, but it is it left tackle is definitely a very hard position to play in the league. But as we just mentioned, you know, he can't Bowles came in struggling. And with the teacher of Munchak, he was able to turn that around into a an above average play in 2020. So again, you know, the the all players on both sides of the lines, right? Defensive, offensive line, they're they're always learning, you know, and I think with the added experience, and then also we have to know they have to learn Sean Payton's way as well. So Sean Payton and Strife's way of doing things. So you have to kind of take that into consideration. But yeah, William, thank you. That's a good point um, that it is a definitely a hard position to play. But I would say, you know, after that turnaround um, and, you know, he was able to learn from Munchak, Bowles has been, you know, solid. Again, there's still some tendencies every now and again. There's still penalties that that come up and you're like, you know, Bowles, what are you doing? But I would say overall it's good. So, again, but we'll have to see. Yeah, and, and you know, it's an important position too, right, left tackle. Uh, and they've all got to come together. It's not just one one person. I, the offensive line needs to gel together. So let's 
I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a, a light and day, a night and day difference between last year and this year. And I, I, I hope that Bulls can kind of uh, take that next step. He has to, you know, it's it's getting to the point where he needs to uh, be the, uh, you know, he needs to be the star of that offensive line, really. One of them, at least. Yes, definitely. Okay, then we got Keith coming in here. Thank you, Keith. He says, Thomas, give me a former Bronco we can compare to Ben Powers, Ron's favorite guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love Ben Powers. Uh, he's a big, big, strong, uh, you know, point of attack guy. I, I would go maybe with uh, with Louis Vasquez, fairly recent, you know, back in the, uh, uh, you know, back in the 2013 you know, he's a, he was a big guy, kind of a, a power, power guy. Um, it's, it, I can't think of anybody from, you know, way back. Yeah. Maybe Orlando Franklin, when they moved him to guard was kind of in that mold a little bit, uh, which I still think was a mistake to do. They have been searching for a right tackle ever since, but yeah, those are two names that kind of come to mind. I can't think of any real, you know, eighties uh, uh, to nineties power guys that, that were on the team that have that kind of size that, uh, that powers brings. Right. Um, but you know, somebody, somebody like Louis Vasquez kind of comes to mind. Um, but you know, the, the Broncos during their heyday in the late nineties, early two thousands, we all had light, you know, uh, mobile guys. So, uh, you have to, I kind of have to go to John Fox, you know, that kind of offensive that he had was a little bit more, you know, power, I guess. But to, to me, I don't, I can't really think of anybody that, kind of matches Ben Powers, uh, you know, in the past, but uh, it's uh, I'm looking forward to see it. Yeah, I, I, like I said before, I'm looking forward to this offensive line, hopefully can impose their will, at, you know, when they need to, when they need to run down that clock for a four minute offense, you know, just have them run right behind Ben Powers is fine with me. I, it'll be, it'll be fun to watch and I, hopefully they can do that. Yes. Can you just imagine the push, the mauling, with Powers and Miners, with Javante Williams. Like, it's going to be, it's going to be a beautiful thing to watch, guys. Like, I, I just cannot wait to see, you know, this offensive line take shape and just how Javante Williams and Samaje P. Ryan are just going to eat, eat, eat. Um, it's going to be lovely. Yeah, and that, uh, I just wanted to say thanks, Keith, for the the Facebook stars on that uh, on that comment. Really yes, appreciate it. Thank you, thank yeah, you, Keith. It's, uh, it's great to see you out uh, out here in the chat all the time. But uh, the support is even even better. So thank even you. better, thank you. And then I want to get back to um, some more strife's comments here. Um, so he mentioned he further states that the other thing that was really big is that this has been a chance for me to see building a program from the backside. I've seen him, Peyton, do this from the front side, and you don't like it as much from the front side. It's a lot more fascinating from where we're at right now. I'm a young coach, and the ability to get to see that from somebody like him is invaluable. But at the end of the day, Sean's my guy. And if Sean called, there's no way I'm telling him no. I would be here, and it's a huge honor to get here. Me and my wife say all the time that we're so glad we're able to do it. We love it here, and we're excited for the future here. So again, you know, Sean Payton called. He's not. He's not going to turn him down. Um, he's he's encouraged, obviously, by what they have on the line. Him able to kind of see the line take shape, right? Looking at it 
you know, from the back end, um, looking at the players bringing in or helping with Sean Payton to bring in McGlinchey and Powers. Um, it's going to be it's going to be fascinating. So again, it's going to be interesting to see him as a young coach with Payton's tutelage develop. And for him to kind of be that mentor to this line and see this line take shape, you know, some of the calls, some of the tendencies, um, you know, um, some of the emphasis on pass protection plays and then, you know, the ground game plays. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting seeing him um, formulate some of those schematics um, on the back end for sure. Yeah. And, and what he said, you know, the whole the kind of the rebuilding of this team back to what it should be. Right. That right. that was that was interesting to, for me to hear, right? Because he, the coaches see it, right? The coaches know that Sean Payton's capable of doing that. And, and let's, I mean, I'm not saying that they're rebuilding per se, but they are making some significant changes. And when you go back and you look at what Sean Payton did uh, when he came to New Orleans, he made some pretty big changes. Obviously, they got Hall of Future Hall of Fame quarterback and Drew Brees, but made wholesale changes to. Uh, much of that offense and he's doing the same thing now right so there's optimism and he took that team uh from a three and 13 season the year prior to a 10 and, and six season uh that's a seven game swing in one season so there's you know there's reason for optimism and i think that's what uh, you know when you think about his his comment uh, that he you know obviously they're friends right they have a personal relationship that you know he they've been together for a long time so that's part of it but i think the other part of it is that you know he's he's here to come in and watch and help with this uh, reconstruction of this great franchise and get them back to where they their rightful place right their rightful place in in the NFL because this these last six seasons has not been Broncos caliber football they and that's and I think that's that's the interesting thing to kind of glean from that comment is he's seen it as a player. Now he wants to see it as a coach, right? Because right. he, I mean, he, he's bought in. And I think they all, I think everybody's pretty much bought in. I, I, they're saying the right things and they're doing the right things. Yes, most definitely. And then we got Divine Breaks coming in here with a $20 super chat. Thank you, Divine Breaks. We appreciate your generosity. He says, sorry, I am late. No worries. Great to see you guys. Good to see you as well. He says, if Wilson does not bring his former self back, What's the strategy for next year? QB options, etc. Uh, I'll I'll let you go first on this one. I'm, I'm curious to see what you said. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll it, it, if Wilson does not go back to his former self or close to it, it's going to be a disaster, right? I mean, the the Broncos have spent a lot of money. They gave him that big contract, thinking that he he was going to uh, you know be his former self. And from my perspective. I think he'll, I think he'll bounce back. Right. Everybody's kind of predicting it. It's a, it's a better, a better run organization now from top to bottom. Uh, they're going to get the best of him. He's putting the time in and everything, but say he doesn't. Right. And it, it's a disaster if he doesn't next year. Right. It's, it's bad. But the problem is, is they're going to be good enough to not be picking number one. Right. They were a disaster last year, but they still won, you know, enough games that they weren't in a position to get into the number one slot. Plus, they've traded a bunch to get Russell Wilson and to get Coach Payton. So they're not gonna they're not gonna have the ammunition really to move up to to get the number one draft. So so basically what they're gonna end up doing is probably gonna have to see what they can do to 
you know, kind of take that hit if if Wilson isn't uh, isn't going to be able to stick around. They'll t- have to take a monetary hit, and they're probably going to have to go out and trying to find a veteran that Peyton can work with, right? Um, and in hopes that they can get themselves in position to to take a. And I, I would imagine they would take a quarterback in next year's draft too, right? They're going to try and uh, to to fill it in, but um, there's really not the options aren't great for next year. Uh, you know, in, in the year after knowing that they're probably not going to be able to tank right to, to get that, you know, high in the draft. So uh, all fingers are crossed that Wilson is going to bounce back. I I think he will, but yeah, it, it will be a tough, it'll be a tough time for the next uh, couple of years until they find somebody. And it would be a a veteran that, that Sean Payton's comfortable bringing in. Yes. Thank you, divine again. And I, I, I I agree. I, I think that the next year's draft, um, you know, if Wilson doesn't bounce back, they're going to Sean Payton's going to look at getting um, a quarterback to develop um, in next year's draft. But they're also going to look at the veteran, the veteran market for quarterbacks. And it's going to be they're probably going to prioritize um, someone that Sean Payton has worked with before, um, kind of as a holdover until they can, you know, get the one that they drafted. Um to, to kind of be that uh, competent starter. Um, but I, I agree. I, I think Wilson will, will bounce back. I think, you know, everything's in place now. Um, and there, there are really no excuses. We, we have the offensive line. We have the coaching in place. Of course, the receivers, receivers have already been there. Um, so I, I think there's no excuse for Wilson not to bounce back. Um, I do see him coming back. But, yeah, look at, of course, I'm drafting a quarterback you know, maybe in the the mid rounds next year and then bringing in that veteran um, kind of as a holdover. I just said, uh, you know, when I look back at, at Sean Payton drafting quarterbacks, he, he wasn't really that successful, right? He, uh, <laughs> he got, had his quarterback, right? He had his quarterback in Drew Brees, but you know, he drafted a few, uh, you know, through the years and they never really amounted to a whole lot that I remember. And uh, you know, he had to bring in some other veterans, you know, in, in replacement of Drew Brees. So, uh, will he be able to hit on a quarterback in the draft is, is that's a big question, but he's going to take some swings for sure. Absolutely. And he, he has to, he has to, even if, even if Russell Wilson does back bounce back, he's going to have to take some swings in the draft and uh, you know, see if he can develop some of those, uh, some of those mid round guys. And I mean, that that's a smart thing to do regardless. Yes. Yes. definitely. We're going to grab Jesse Hilborn's comment here saying, Oh, and, and divine breaks. I didn't say thank you. Thank you very much for the uh, the super chat. Appreciate it very, very much. Uh, Jesse Hilborn saying, I really hope Forsyth can stand out and start at some point this year. I love the other five, including Manhurts. Uh, so do I. This is a great name, Manhurts. What a <laughs> great name for a football player and a t- big tight end. It says, guys on that line, uh, and to have a young, smart kid, there would be benefits, benefit us drastically. Yeah, I... The thing about Forsyth is uh, he wasn't a great tester, but he's a better player, right? He's not an athletic guy. He and I think uh, not being able to do the uh, you know like the Senior Bowl or whatever, the Shrine Bowl, or, or and uh, you know going to the te- do the testings didn't really help his draft stock. But everybody that uh, saw that draft pick, that you know off- old offensive lineman that I saw, uh, seemed to like him a lot. So, but the problem the problem I have is he may not be ready this year, right? He may not be ready to take on that starting role. And I think it's going to be fuller. If, if Cushionberry falters, fuller is going to be the one that steps in and probably takes that center duty. So I, I really think 
this season we we have to rely on uh, the offensive line coach Streif and uh, Sean Payton to put Cushenberry uh, in the right, you know, get him up and ready to roll, right? Get him better, ready to play every game. And uh, I know, I know people are worried about it. They don't seem to be that worried about it, but yeah, I think it's going to be, uh, if, if Forsyth does uh, end up starting, it's probably because they've had two injuries to the offensive line at center. And that's, uh, that's probably before he gets his, his spot, but I, I like him. I like what he brings. You know, I think he's a player rather than a athlete and that, you know, someone who's smart enough to, uh, to play the center position. So that's what you need. But I, I don't know if he's, he's ready to jump in there. If he is, that's all. Awesome. I mean, I, I would that'd be, I'd be happy if, if he is that good that he can step in there, uh, you know, right away, then that they got a huge steal in the draft. Yeah. Thank you, Jesse, um, for your comment. Appreciate it again. And regarding Forsyth, I mean, from what I've seen on, on the tape, him at Oregon, he, he definitely does stand out. He, he's a, he's a great center. Um, what I was able to see um, on that offensive line for Oregon was great. It's just a matter of, he's not at a point where he can start. You know, they, they draft. There's a reason why he fell. There's a reason why the Broncos got him in, in you know, in the seventh round. He's, he's more of that developmental type um, of center. So we're, the Broncos are really hoping that Cushenberry can turn this thing around. And we have to be right there with them of encouraging and hoping and being optimistic that Cushenberry can hold up his end of the bar, can, can hold up at the point of attack, can, you know, take command of these calls that are coming in. You know, we, we've seen it last season where he just, you know, he wasn't able to hold up and he looked like a deer out there in the headlights. So, you know, it, we're hoping for that to happen. Now, of course, if he gets injured, yep, the next one um, up at bat would be Kyle Fuller. Um, I just don't think, you know, Forsyth is good enough to to take that starting role and yeah i like as far as the other ones um on the line yeah i i like man hurts you know he's brought in to you know help with blocking obviously there's familiarity with peyton as well so coming in helping with with blocking would be great um and then of course having the young smart kid would definitely benefit the, the entire team so but yeah let let, let let's see you know how Forsyth kind of continues and develops along this path and who knows? He might the the development time may come quick, right? He might can be that starter, let's say in 2024, 2025. But I, right this year, starting in 2023 in September, you're gonna see Cushionberry being your starting center. Yeah, and, and let's remember too, Sean Payton only started a rookie one time out of necessity until the 2019 season. Right. So he, he didn't rely on rookies. He went out and he liked veterans at the center position. Uh, you know, the first rookie starter was due to because uh, Olin Kruitz got injured and couldn't, uh, couldn't play. So they kind of for, were forced his hand, but he had planned to have a veteran start at center. It wasn't until Eric McCoy that he really, he started a rookie at center, you know, with the intent of having him be the, the starter and he was a second round draft choice and it was a, a good pick. Right. So they, they liked him and, you know, he was a really good player that, uh, you know, didn't fall in the draft. So uh, yeah, it's hard, hard to think that they're going to uh, going to force him into a starting role, but 
you know, like I said, if he can take that starting role, that's awesome. I mean, then you've got a steal, an absolute steal of a draft pick if he's able to push his way into a starter uh, sometime this season, uh, even because of an injury. You know, if he can push his way into starter, that's that's huge. Yeah, I, I really, I got to see, I want to see Manhurts out there. Um, you know, I, I used to think, I, I said this before, like I remember Orson Mobley, big, huge, yeah, he was one of those great big tight ends, never really uh, amounted to what they had hoped him to be. But I, you know, Dan Reeves used to have him going in motion and, uh, you know, get a full head of steam and run right into the hole, uh, you know, time it just right. And I'd like to see Manhurts with a big, uh, you know, head of steam <laughs> going through the hole, uh, you know, clobbering people. So I'm looking forward to Manhurts. He's not going to be that uh, dynamic tight end that yeah. we want to, you know, see out there in the passing game, but he's going to help in the running game for sure. Yeah. Yeah, we can't wait to see those blocking, <laughs> those blocking skills coming from Richmond for for Manhurst for sure. You got Gary Palmer coming and saying, "In Sean, I trust." And we all have to we at this do. point, right? He, yeah. he, he's he's running the show, and uh, we kind of have to be on board. So hopefully, hopefully, he is uh, he's the guy that does it for the Broncos. I think he will. I mean, he's a good coach. Yeah, I mean, thanks, Gary, and yeah, he's we we all. Trust in Sean. We all have to trust in Sean at this point. You know, the Broncos, you know, move head on earth to get him. And, you know, everything now that is coming out of the Valley, um, how can you not? So we, we have to trust. And I'm going to fire off. I do see a few um, more comments. And this has been great discussion, guys, in regards to, you know, Christian Berry and the offensive line. So um, we got Ant's visual coming in here. Thank you, Ant's. He says, it does seem like Russell is very confident in Kush, though. And then we got Gary coming back in here. He says, we don't know that Kush will be the starter if he is no one took it away. And then Mike S with, I'd be surprised if Cushenberry wasn't the starter. And going back to Ant's uh, point, that does seem to be true, Ant, that Russ is also very confident in, in Cushenberry. You know, I think there were some comments um, not too long ago that Russ made that he he seems very optimistic that you know Cushenberry um can you know play well can play the starting center uh, position well and you know we we'll have to see and it, again you know Mike S we 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 haven't seen anything coming out that says that you know Cushenberry is not going to be the starter you know it's like what have we seen anything negative or bad about Cushenberry in this office? I, I haven't heard anything. So, you know, that would lead me to believe that, you know, Cushenberry is, is going to be your starting center week one. Um, again, he's, of course, he has to prove himself. He has to go out there and put in the work. Um, I know people have been pining for Forsyth, but, you know, with the draft pedigree of Cushenberry, um, you know, the Broncos are really looking for him to take that next step. And now with Strife, let, let's see. You know, it's, it's more of a wait and see. And, you know, hopefully Cushenberry can can be up to the challenge. Yeah. And, and the other thing, too, that I mean, they're going to want somebody that's versatile along that interior offensive line that can be the backup that can swing through there. And I mean, Fuller, Fuller fits the bill. He can play guard and center. And then, you know, it could be Forsyth. It could be. Wattenberg, it could be anybody who takes that other role. But if you, you know, the, the, what I, from what I see in the moves that they've made for depth, it, it's versatility. You know, they brought back Cam Fleming, who can play both left and right tackle. So he's going to be the backup there 
for the most part. And then you, you know, Fuller. So I don't know if, if, uh, if that's where they're going to go. And if, if they want somebody more versatile, you probably see, uh, that center, that drafted center in the seventh round there, uh, be maybe a practice squad guy for a little while yeah. before he gets called up. So unless, unless he's got the ability to really kind of, uh, move through the uh, offensive line, planning position. You, you might see might see them want to develop them a little bit more, so they can uh, get more versatile people uh, in those backup roles. Yes, definitely. All right, let's go yeah, on. and and the and I'll I will say this too about Cushenberry. Right, they were singing his praises last year. Uh, people were coming out, you know, players were coming out saying he's you know putting in the work, he's doing it. The the problem with that last year was maybe he was putting in the work but he didn't really fit his style. didn't really fit the offense that they were running very well. I don't think so that that kind of made it look even worse for him. Uh, but the, the big thing for him, he needs to be better at the point of attack. He can't be bull rushed. That's the problem, right? Yes. He is. And hopefully this whole emphasis on strength and conditioning and, and getting that ready before anything else implemented helped cushion a lot. Cause he, he seemed like he had, you know, coming out of college, he seemed like he was the you know, more of a power guy, but he was getting bull rushed too easily, and that's that's the big thing. If he can if he can uh, work on that, fix that, I think he's going to be a, a solid enough starter that they're going to be happy with him. Because I think he has the other things, right? He has the ability to uh, to play the uh, do the other things of the uh, that a center is required. But you know, he just didn't hold up at the point of attack. He he had that big size, you know. He had he looked he looked the part, but he wasn't doing it. So if if they can get that. Um, then you know, out of him, then I think he's going to be very serviceable. But they're they're making are they're already making plans for his departure, right? That's why they drafted yeah. that center. Yeah. You know, he's he's an unrestricted free agent, so even if he plays really well, he's probably gone anyway. Yeah. So you're going to see Forsyth at some point, uh, probably in the near future. Yeah, definitely. All right. Going yeah, to the and chat. actually came in and said it's hard to take away the work that oh. Russ and Kush have put in together, and that that's true, right? You you know they've worked together for two. It'll be, it'll be two years now, mm-hmm. uh, two off seasons, I should say. So you know, you, they, but they're confident in him. But they've already. That's the thing is, they've already they haven't made a lot of contingency plans for him, right? So they 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 brought in one guy, uh, Kyle Fuller. In a on a one year deal, and they drafted a seventh round center. If they were really concerned about Cushenberry, I think they would have put a more of an emphasis on trying to get somebody earlier. Right, uh, but they didn't. Yes. Uh, it's like it's like the running back position, right? Like they they've been saying we're not worried about it. Why is everybody saying we got to go get Dalvin Cook? And why is everybody saying we got to go you know address the running back position? Because they've been saying all along that uh, Williams is going to be back, and 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 their actions have have actually you know been loud. You know they've saying the thing, and but their actions have been loud as well. So, uh, I, yeah, they they have, um, they have uh, made it clear that Cushenberry is the guy until he's not. Yeah, and this is another good point, Ant. You know, it they've already they've already established that chemistry. You know, obviously we know Cushenberry hasn't played up to expectations, but there is chemistry. You know, between the two. So, you know, you're right, Thomas. It's <laughs> you know they didn't prioritize center you know in this in this past draft so that kind of led you to know that you know that they're higher on Cushenberry than we are now again you know they did kind of start to map out the future for that position um you know even if he doesn't start 
2024. He's probably going to be making a lot of money if he plays well um, next year. But that 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 all goes to say I'm still interested to see as a developmental guy what Forsyth can bring. And, you know, hopefully, again, that comes sooner than later. You know, again, because the, the the tape I've seen is is very promising. You know, he's able to hold up at that point of attack. I mean, getting the calls and holding up with the calls, it what I saw at Oregon was very was very promising. So yeah. again, time will tell. We'll see um, what happens. Yeah, you know, and and uh, there's other uh, other points of view, right? I mean, we have other shows that I'm sure that we've they've talked about it. So I'd I'd like to hear you know some of the other other folks with how they what they think. But uh, you know, check you definitely check out the other other shows. I mean, we've got a yeah. my high huddle's got a show every night and a show every morning except Wednesday morning, I think. Uh, and so, you know, definitely go out and check, check those out and go check out, uh, Keith's, uh, you know, article about what, what, uh, we were talking about today. He wrote it up and, uh, you know, some interesting comments. And so go check out those articles and, and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think we should start winding down the show, Ron. It's, uh, it's almost at the top of the hour. And unless there's any, any burning comments that came in, uh, we can start winding this down, but, uh, you know, look. You know, look for uh, look for that date, training camp date uh, coming out, man. I, I've got a on my Legends of Mile High. I'm kind of doing a primer, uh, what to look for at training camp. So it's kind of fun. So check that out on Friday mornings, and of course, you know, tune in to us on, on Saturdays. This is just o- only going to get better. Going to start heating up as the season approaches. Yes, and yeah, I'm looking forward to those training camp days as well, Thomas. And I'm looking forward to just, again seeing what you and Luke you know, come back with some of the perspectives, um, some of the observations. It's going to be a great time. We've got Michael Ronquillo coming in here. Yeah. The, coming in the man, not so much a myth, but the legend <laughs> as well. Thank you, Michael. We appreciate it. He says, coming in late. No worries at all. Better late than never. Says, good evening, Thomas and Ron White on Orange Blue View. Go Broncos and Buckham. Good yeah. evening to you too, Michael. Thank you for your support as always. You know we appreciate you, man. Yeah, thanks, Michael, for coming in. I know you're late uh, getting here, but uh, you know all these shows are on YouTube. Go back and watch them. You don't have to be here live. I mean, we we enjoy you uh, being here live because we can interact with you. You know, interact with the comments. You know, and that's that's um, that's fun for us. But you know, you catch the show. Go go to YouTube, Mile High Huddle YouTube. You can see all the shows. You can see our show and watch as many times as you want. <laughs> yes, for sure. For sure. Yeah. David Bishop came in late too. Uh, unfortunately, we're just winding winding down the show, David. Uh, thanks for being here. Sorry I missed you guys. He says, fresh off work. I'll go ahead and listen back to it while I can cook dinner. Yeah, thank you for doing that, David. Thank and you. you know, you, you know, right now it's tough. Yeah, Saturday nights in the summertime is tough, but we're going to have fun when it comes to uh, doing previews for these uh, upcoming games. And we're going to start in preseason, right? Hopefully if, if there's a Sunday game, we'll do a nice preview for you guys to get, uh, get started. And uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a blast. So make sure you guys tune in and tune into the other shows, uh, like the show, subscribe, do all that stuff. You know, I, I know we don't have to tell you, but we like to remind you to do that. And, and if you can support us, that's all the better, but yeah, let's, uh, Let's say goodbye, Ron. Uh, Sign us off, if you don't mind. Yes. Well, again, Broncos country, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for the discussion. You know, we appreciate all of you. And, you know, we're going to look out for those dates um, that are coming up. I know it's 
somewhat of a semi-quasi-dead period. You know, right now, not so much news, but look for that to change. You know, things are going to start ramping up. As Thomas mentioned, you know, some of the dates for training camp and, you know, we're going to get into the, the, you know, some of the preseason games. And then before you know it, we're going to have live, meaningful games starting in September. So um, just look forward to that. Um, in the meantime, as I mentioned, like, share and subscribe. Um, tune into all of the other channels with all of the different perspectives. And that's it. I guess we'll see you next time, guys. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Have a great day.